welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. thought it'd be great just to have a bit of a Simon and Christie show vibe uh, for you this morning at church. So for those of you guys that don't know what the Simon and Christie show is, we started doing this in lockdown last year. We thought like it'd be great ago. for the uh, year, almost, um, for you guys as our church family to get to know us a little bit better outside of church, because usually I'm sort of stressing out and there's so much stuff to do at church on a Sunday. Um, but that was an opportunity for us to be pretty much unscripted and ask, answer, answer people's questions. Um, we thought it'd be a good way. Well, we sort of started it during lockdown so people could get to know what was happening, get to know us a bit better. It pretty much, people say it pretty much consists of Simon saying really deep stuff and me just interrupting him all the time. That's all right. Yeah. But um, it, it was really good and a lot of people were really appreciative of us just being us outside of the church. So um, we're sort of going to do that this morning. Hope it works uh, in this context. So thank you for all you guys that gave us questions to answer. We're just going to let you know a bit about what we've done for the last 10 weeks and just some breakthroughs that God has, has given to us and just some things like that. So hope you guys enjoy it. A little bit of a different Sunday morning. And welcome if you're watching online. So good to have you. And welcome to any visitors. There's a few new faces we turn up here and the, the church has got new people, so that's awesome. Uh, so <laughs> welcome. Um, we missed you all. We really did miss you guys. Yeah, we totally did. And um, we, we do really mean that. We, we were grilling our kids like, how's such and such? We, we and visited other churches, we listened to podcasts, uh, but... And there's nothing like a church home. So Christy's going to be talking to you a little bit about that. Uh, thank you so much for the gifts and the texts and the kind messages. Um, I keep thinking back to that Sunday where Simon got the Millennium Falcon. It's like, oh, it was so emotional. It's the, it's the best it church was, service it was, ever. <laughs> it's the emo, uh, most anointed church service in history, I think. Um, <laughs> thanks to all our staff team and volunteers who kept the church going while we were away. Um, you guys did amazing. So give, you, give, give yourself a hand. a hand. Yeah. Especially Eddie and Julian and our oversight team and all that staff. They're amazing. Yeah. Volunteers. Um, so the technical term for what we did as pastors was we went on a sabbatical. Sabbatical is just, um, it comes from the word Shabbat, which means um, rest really, and uh, an extended period for pastors going away just to, just to rest, because you're giving out a lot and, and you need that time away. We'd never really had an extended break for 20-something years. Um, I think we came here 25 years ago. We started studying at the Bible College. So it's yeah, so been... this was the first real long break we'd ever had, and we didn't realize how tired we, we were. Uh, but just to have that break, it's so needed. A lot of churches, most churches do this now. Um, and I think a lot, a lot of, of the pastors in Whangarei are going on or have been on sabbatical. It's quite interesting yeah, at the moment. A lot of secular um, organizations, Christy's budding in already. You can see how this, <laughs> this is sort of happening um, already. Uh, a lot of secular organisations, uh, especially working with people care, understand the value of this now. So I just really want to say to, to you guys and to Oversight, thank you so much for allowing Christy and I um, to do this. Um, it was much needed. We were, we've been so blessed and we believe this church and you guys are going to be blessed as a result of it. What did we do? We had Christmas. 
Um, we had New Year's. Everyone had the spew bug at New Year's in our family, oh, except so for me. Bad. So um, I think I was just, got something special I was just more holy than everyone else. I think <laughs> my prayer time was better than you. It like hit us all like within an hour. Everyone started vomiting. It was so, so bad. So that took us out uh, for about a week. We spent um, time in Rotorua, Rotorua um, Auckland. We spent uh, time in beach houses, home, um, renovated two rooms. Uh, I did a lot of reading. I read like 13 books which was awesome, um, did study, did a couple of courses online, visited with other churches, visited other pastors, and spent time with our amazing kids. And then we come back and then it's like COVID and a tsunami. So. <laughs> it wasn't really a tsunami. Yeah, so we just had an amazing time, it really flew by, uh, but, but we were so blessed to have so that good. time. Yeah. Questions so and some answers. Some people sent us some questions to um, answer, so we're gonna go through some of those first. The best thing that happened on the break. Best thing that happened on the break. That was a really hard one for me to think about because there was lots of things that I loved. But I think for me, I'm a real feeler person. And so being in a people care, and those of you in people care um, jobs would probably understand this too. Um, you tend to feel constantly for everyone. And um, you guys are amazing. And my heart goes out to you when I hear what you're going through. And I think it was just really nice for my body just to have a break from the ups and downs of um, anxiety and the feeling thing and just have a, I thought, wow, this must be so good for my body just to have that extended break. So for me, that was the highlight, just that long period of time, um, just to actually really rest. That was my highlight. My highlight, the Millennium Falcon was sort of right up there, but not quite, so um, you guys are so... We got home after that service and he was like stroking the box and looking at it. So we got given, among other things, a voucher for cup of cakes. There were so many cool so, vouchers um, in the So we went out room. to get a cup of cake and we came home with a kitten, which <laughs> was just so awesome, so... Oh look, there's a picture! His name's Stimpy off the Ren and Stimpy show, and that pretty much is the highlight of my sabbatical right there. Um, he's like a dog, he's just so amazing. We're back to having three cats again. Um, he woke us up by like three really o'clock and then six o'clock in the morning. if anything ever happens to me, you'll get like 20 cats or something. We need to get people to look out for you. We, um, when we were at the SPCA, we asked the lady that was working there, you know, is it, too, is it too weird to have three cats? And she said, I own 10 and I'm fostering four. And then Christy said, oh, you really, you're a real crazy cat lady then. And like, she didn't laugh at all. She just like, <laughs> so that was funny. Um, so that was sort of <laughs> the best thing Put for me. Um, Favourite place you visited while on sabbatical? Mine was Rotorua. Um, I went there as a little girl with my parents and we decided to take our two girls on a little road trip with us for a couple of days. And it was just so cool hanging out with them and checking out the sites. And we've got some real fun memories of what we got up to. We went on, if you ever go there, I'd highly recommend the Redwood Tree Walk, I think. Have you guys been on that? It's amazing. And we went at night. So it was, you are on these high, if you, if you have a fear of heights, probably not, but we were on these high up trees in the dark with lights and it was so cool. We actually met a lady there who was panicking and she was laughing though and she said, I've got a fear of heights, bridges in the dark. And I'll be like, why are you here? Probably not the best place for her, yeah. <laughs> but that was amazing. Just And enjoying New Zealand. I'm loving how people are travelling around our own country and enjoying it at the moment. There's some amazing people and places. It did smell there though, but you get used to it. 
We did too many, uh, went to too many places to sort of pick, but probably a highlight for me was visiting and, and having a tour through the Civic Theatre in Auckland. So that because there's not a lot of shows happening, they've opened it up for, for tours, so you can go behind the scenes and down under the stage. It was just so awesome. The stage is a bit of a random fact. It's 20 metres by 30 metres. So I stepped it out this morning. It's pretty much the size of our whole church auditorium. It's just the stage at the Civic Theatre. So, um, and we saw the, like, the trap doors where musicians go down and stuff like that. It's just really awesome. Random facts. <laughs> we missed you guys. Do you feel refreshed or are you dreading the responsibilities again? <laughs> Who asked that question? <laughs> it's, it's really weird. Um, and I don't want to sort of get too spooky or spiritual, but there is definitely a weight that we carry. Yeah. Uh, because you know, as frontline ministers, there's, there's spiritual warfare, there's the responsibility and stuff. And, and, and we carry this with joy because God's called us to carry it. Um, but there is definitely a weight. And, and when we went on sabbatical, it was almost like that lifted for certain some weeks, and that was just so needed. Uh, we didn't realize how tired we were. I think I've said that before. Um, but it's really interesting. Uh, on Sunday, last Sunday, I did feel that weight. It was almost like it was almost like a tangible feeling come back on me again. Talked to Julian this week, and he said it, it, it sort of left him on Sunday. So thanks a lot, Julian. <laughs> So, yeah, we absolutely do feel refreshed. Um, are we dreading responsibilities? Not at all. It's sort of like a, a professional soldier going back to the battlefield again is sort of like how we feel. Um, we're called to this. We love what we do. It's an absolute privilege. But we understand it's, it's not a walk in the park a lot of the time, yeah, but, but we're ready for it. Yeah, that's right. You didn't button <laughs> well, that it? that was my line and you stole oh, it. I'm so. sorry. Do you want to say it again? No. Okay. <laughs> Which staff member did you miss the most? I actually could see who asked this question. I think it was Eddie. Was it you, Eddie? Were you wanting us to say we missed you the most? It wasn't. I reckon it's like the one who's the number one Enneagram, maybe. <laughs> or the one who gives us a, a hot chocolate on Wednesday when we get back to work, maybe. Oh, we miss all of our teams. Yes, so we, much. we love you. It's like, it's like having kids, kids, you, you love all of them pick all your different. That's what we you have to say. Have no, just kidding. Um, how long did it take you to finish the Millennium Falcon? I've got a picture of it coming up there anytime soon. That is in my office. And man, I just love the, between sort of Christmas and New Year's, I worked on it a lot. I didn't sort of write down how much time it took me, but probably between 30 and 40 hours. And uh, I was slow, I, I just took my time, um, but I did build the stand and I did build um, the LED kit for it as well. And that is a pride place in my office, um, which is so amazing because every time I'm there now, I look up and it's like, it's like, firstly, it's like, that's pretty awesome. But secondly, it just reminds me of how awesome you guys are as a church family and how amazing this church is. So um, it can be a little bit distracting when I'm having my prayer times, looking up and then dreaming about Star Wars, but that's okay. It's funny because we, the word must have got around Whangarei because we bumped into at least one lot of pastors from another church. They're like, how are you guys going? And have you built the Millennium Falcon yet? Like, it's become a talking piece. Yeah. It's pretty massive, eh? It's like it's this cool. and you can yeah. hardly carry it. so funny. <laughs> Did you read any good books while on break? Uh, I read so many books, but the number one favourite from me um, was Ted and Rochelle Decker's book called The Girl Behind the Red Rope. Yeah. And I guarantee everyone, um, how, however mature you are in Jesus, you've just got to read that book. Um, we've, we've been pastors for quite a few years now, but some of the insights and revelations and how they articulate that um, in that book was just 
incredible, especially the concept of perfect love casts out all fear. So we might not have a fear of the dark or fear of spiders, but as Christians, we absolutely have a lot of fears. Fear of failure, I'm going to be talking about that later on. Um, fear of other things, fear of not being accepted. But as Christians in Jesus, we can actually live in a place of victory where we live in this place of perfect love and we don't have to live in fear. Just imagine that place. Yeah. And that's available to all of us um, in God. So you've got to read that book, The Girl Behind the Red Rope. Please just go out Yeah, and I read it too. Buy I'm it not really a Ted Decker fan, so I wasn't that keen, but his daughter wrote it with him. And so she's a bit less creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. I would highly recommend it. Such a good book. Um, yeah, The Girl Behind the Red Rope. I, so you said you read 13 books. I surprised myself because I used to be a big reader when we met, but then I didn't read much. But I'm on my 10th book at the moment, so I read a lot too, and I read that one as well. But um, the book I would recommend is, and a bit of a plug for our friend because we went down to his book signing, you know Peter Morton, who's come here before? He's written a book called The God Who's Glad to See You. And I've nearly finished it, and I would highly recommend um, you reading it. It's so good. I think um, one of the most important things you can do is develop a relationship with God. And let's be honest, as Christians, um, you have to fight for it. And I've been through phases in my life where, you know, you talk to God throughout the day, or you have a little Bible reading and a prayer, but actually learning to carve out that space where you actually have time for God and get to know him and he speaks to you. It's so amazing and yet we so often neglect it and I love that the title is The God Who's Glad to See You because we can often think that maybe he's angry with us or we're too ashamed to go and um, meet with God but he is so glad to see you and it's such an easy read. Peter writes so well and really cool little um, like stories throughout and um, it's even got a section at the end, if you're a home group leader, you could do this with your group. Like for each chapter you talk about it or you want to do a study on it as a book club. It's so good. So I highly recommend that, eh? That was yeah. so cool. I've read like 98% of it um, and it's good. It's so good, yeah. So that's <laughs> The God Who's Glad to See You by Peter Morton and The Girl Behind the Red Rope by Ted and Rochelle Decker. Yeah. I totally recommend those books. Um, we're just going to share maybe two sort of revelations or breakthroughs or lessons each now that, that we had that were really, really powerful over the sabbatical time. Um, but we're going to sort of dovetail. There was one question that was, um, was asked, did you miss social media? So both me and Christy did, had a complete social media fast for 10 weeks. We didn't die, guys. We lasted. Um, and it was so good. You know, I don't, for me personally, I don't believe that human beings are designed to to get as much information or know as heaps of information about a million people that we can have access to on Facebook. So um, for me, it's been so good to have that break and coming out of it, I'm, I'm not gonna have Facebook or Messenger on my phone anymore, maybe check it once a day or something. Um, but, but we live in a very fast um, society and there's a lot of noise that we make, uh, entertainment, social media, um, that can really hinder our walk with God and what he wants us to do. But um, this is Christy's one that she should be answering, so I'll stop. Yeah, um, yeah, we decided to do that, I think because our um, church life and private life is very mixed on social media. So we communicate a lot with you guys via social media, which is awesome. But um, sometimes it can be very hard when you... Um, constantly receiving messages and stuff and your boundaries can be blurred of when you have breaks and so it was so good I did miss some of my friends sending me funny memes I ended up having an email pen pal happening over Christmas with Jackie Boucher 
wish we would email each other photos just to keep in touch. <laughs> so funny. But um, I realised how much I love collating life on social media. Like I've been a blogger way back and just loved like almost like a photo album. But it was so good to just unplug and um, have a break. And I just wanted to encourage you. I actually love social media, but I know it has its negatives and its positives. So I'm not going to be going on today about how bad it is or dangerous because I think there's awesome elements with social media. But there's also negative elements. And I think there are so many things in life that are like that. And you need to learn for yourself um, the boundaries you need to have. So, um, man, social media is awesome for keep, keeping in touch with your friends and family and share, sharing what's happening in your life. Um, but it can be so toxic. Who knows that a lot of fighting goes on online and, yeah, people say nasty things. I don't think they'd ever bother to say to people's faces. I'm just horrified. Um, you could be carrying the burden of so many people and it can get you quite down. Um, it can be a ground for just being nosy and people gossiping. Um, it can be such a time waster too. I know you were talking to someone the other day who made a really good point how... Uh, social media can be quite bad for creative people because you just waste time instead of being bored. Being bored is actually really cool because it makes you become creative. And I know for me, um, there have been phases in my life where I've been so creative and had so many cool ideas, but then I think social media can be a real killer of creativity. Um, but comparison's a massive one. We were actually talking to a business owner down the line who said even as a business owner, just seeing what everyone else is doing and other similar businesses can get him so down. And he actually made the decision to just employ someone to do a social media because he knew um, how much comparison affected him personally. So I really encourage you to think about um, your social media life. Uh, is it a time waster for you? Is it something that you find that you really struggle with comparison? Um, maybe you struggle with looking up stuff that's not appropriate. Maybe, um, yeah, maybe just you're carrying too many people's burdens that you really shouldn't be carrying. Maybe you need to just um, make some changes in your life. So I'd encourage you to do that. As with any unhealthy habit, it's really good to make good boundaries around it. Like, I like how you've taken some apps off your phone um, or you can set things onto mute or unfollow, guys. It's quite easy to do that. So it was really good. I actually, um, I loved that break. And um, I think our kids enjoyed us not looking at our phones heaps, eh? Maybe. <laughs> but they were on their phone, so they didn't notice. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really good. Good to have a break. Awesome. One of the biggest lessons for me oh, is can just... Can I just say sorry that I spammed everyone with a million photos once I got back? I'm really sorry. You saw all our Christmas photos, and I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> just mute me if you're bored with me. Just unfriend her. Just unfriend me. I won't be offended. Uh, for me, probably the biggest lesson was the value of rest, and we were singing it this morning, making room for God in our lives. And uh, there, there are these bottles that you can make, and it's like a, a kid's experiment called sensory bottles, where you have water, coloured water and coloured oil. Play does that a bit, I think. And um, you shake them up, and they just sort of make weird mucky, mucky colour because the, the colours combine. But over time, um, the, the oil or the coloured oil and the coloured water um, separates and you can actually see the colours really clearly and I think that was an accurate picture of our life or my life especially where you know you're going through life and it's just busy and it's full on and I really did feel like one of those bottles just shaken up and just all messy but it actually took time for um, things to settle in my life for me to look clearly and just see the areas that I really needed help with God in. Uh, we can just be too busy. I think sometimes we like to be busy because it masks some of the deeper issues in our lives. Um, so it was was good for me to have a good inventory of my life and f 
to ask God some questions and for, to allow God to, 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 um, to do some work. Uh, so with that, uh, I had some mentoring with the Christian counselor. Interestingly enough, a lot of pastors, well, I don't know if it's a lot, but a percentage of pastors, when they go on, on sabbatical, they don't return, they just resign uh, because all this stuff just starts coming back. And I never wanted to be one of those people. So I got some counselling with uh, Ross Osborne. He's an incredible um, oh, he mentor. He married us. He's a cool guy. He used to be a pastor too, so he knows what it's like in yeah, ministry. And, and just asked him some of these things, but looking and at those things and being aware only came from me just spending time resting um, and, and making space for God. So I just think the importance of Sabbath, remember it means rest is so important. We see in the Old Testament how it was one of the commandments to, 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 to have one day aside. And I do believe it's like tithing. Tithing is not a law for us um, as New Testament Christians, but it is a principle um, and it blesses us and it blesses others. Having a day of rest, having times of rest, seasons of rest, I really believe it's not a law, but it's absolutely a principle that will bless us and bless others. You know, as, as a Western world, and maybe Christians, Western Christians aren't so dissimilar to the world, we're stressed out, we're over-medicated, we're running like chickens with our heads uh, chopped off. We just need to learn the value of rest again. So uh, for me, I've taken this extremely seriously and personally. Um, and just a couple of, I guess, analog not analogies, but examples in scripture, Exodus 33 verse 7. This is Moses when he was leading the children of Israel, millions of people, and they had what was called the tabernacle, which was where um, they sacrificed to the Lord, where they ministered to the Lord. That was in the middle of the camp. That's where everyone congregated, almost like, I guess, church, if you wanted to sort of relate it to New, Test uh, to New Testament our time. But this is what it says in Exodus 33. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside of the camp. This wasn't the tabernacle, this was another tent that he set up far off from the camp and he called it the tent of meeting because he met God there. Everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting which was outside of the camp. He, set, he took time to set up a space that was outside the hustle and bustle, outside of the busyness, outside of the schedule, outside of all of the distractions, and he took time to set up a tent of meeting. We need a tent of meeting. Um, for me, you know, honestly, guys, your bed is not a good tent of meeting for the Lord. Uh, you I'll need to get out there, you need to, to make Lord. the space. For you me, when it was warmer, it was outside on our deck. Um, early in the morning, now it's sort of back in my office because the Millennium Falcon, no, just kidding, it's not. Uh, just because it's, it's quiet, it's away from everything, but I've been deliberate in making a space for God. It's really important. And then it says, when Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. We need to create space, a place uh, to meet with God. We can be there as much as we want. He's ready to meet with us, but it's outside of the stress, outside of the hustle and bustle. Jesus mirrored this in Luke chapter 5, verse 16. It says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Uh, other translations is desolate places, places where there's not much happening. We've absolutely got to have those places and make, make space for the Lord in our lives. So um, I've taken that very personally. I used to be a person that uh, met with God throughout the day a lot more than actually saying, no, this is the space. Um, every day I'm doing this. I'm just going to you know, spend time with the Lord whenever and wherever, um, which is great, but I'm realizing now 
I'm not going to survive with, with what God's called us to do unless I really make a space and make it a priority in my life where I get outside of the, of the camp and, and just meet with, with, with God every day. I'd really love to encourage you, if you don't even know God or have a relationship with Him, He so wants to know you. So even just getting some space where you can sit and just talk to God and read His Bible, it's amazing um, that you can start to hear, hear God's voice or feel God's presence. So I encourage you to, to do that. It's so good. Next lesson from Christy. Okay, for me, um, another lesson I really... Um, learnt was the importance of being planted in a community. So while we were away, we, um, we visited a few churches, which was awesome, and we, um, I listened to some podcasts. I listened to some podcasts here. Some of, um, didn't, um, Hannah and Abby do an awesome job sharing. That was so good, and all of you guys. Um, but we listened to some of those, and that was great. It was great listening to podcasts. It was great watching live streams. It was great visiting other churches. But there's nothing like actually being planted in so a community true. where people actually know you and check up on you and you're involved and you're using the gifts God's given you to serve others. Um, there's nothing like that. So I really felt and noticed that probably more for the first time ever because in the past we've just gone away for two, one or two or three weeks holiday. Um, so I just want to encourage you guys. I think a lot of churches around the world, people have... Um, just stayed home since COVID, haven't bothered getting back involved in church. I mean, some people can't go back at the moment in other countries, but I know even in Whangarei, some of our pastor friends have said people just haven't bothered to come back to church. And that's really sad. Um, so I want to encourage you to get connected. And um, I read this great quote by a guy called David Campbell. One of the greatest tragedies in church is when we have a multitude of superficial acquaintances and a drought of real friends the church was designed by Jesus to be the most relational place on earth, the place where friendship flourishes and no one is left behind. And I just want to encourage you in that too. Um, there are amazing friends in this church for you. It just takes time to get to know people and, um, and allow yourself to get close to people. And often that happens through serving together. A couple of my good friends in this church, we started by running a... Um, young mums group years ago together and I think that's how our friendship formed so doing stuff together with others is an awesome way to make great friends and um, another quote that I read recently which I thought was great was how do you build meaningful friendships and it's by being a meaningful friend by adding value and I want to encourage you think about yourself as a friend do you add value to other people's lives or do you drain other people and detract you were talking about this recently with me too, eh? Like um, how sometimes you can just be a drainer as a friend. <laughs> well, some friends just suck from you, eh? And it's like... As, and other know. friends, like, you go away just feeling so encouraged. And I mean, honestly, there's times to be vulnerable and open as friends and just let it all out. But it's a um, really good thing to think about. <laughs> Are you someone who adds to others? So I wanted to just encourage you, make the effort to get connected and get involved, even if you hate it. I was talking to a fellow introvert this morning, and we were saying how every Sunday we have to make the effort to um, talk to people, and it's really hard for some of us to go up to people and say hi, but we do it, and it's how we get connected, it's how we make friends. Um, join a serving team, find a home group. Um, if you can't find one you don't like, maybe think about starting one. Um, I just want to so encourage you to get involved and get plugged in because, man, I missed it while we were gone, eh? It was, it was so, 
yeah, so evident how important it is to get connected and that's how you flourish. I just want to talk about success and I'll do this quickly because we've got communion soon. Um, but I think one of the, the things that settled for me and I really had to look at it in my own life was the fear of failure and understanding that I, that was a big issue that I had to really sort of look through and work through. Because as, as, as a minister, you know, how do you judge what success is? A lot of people think success is having a big church, multi-campus, et cetera, et cetera. And um, the fear of failing in that is, is really quite, it's, it's quite a challenge. But I realize how much of the worldly definition of success I'd let into my life um, and, and use the worldly definition of success to influence some of my thinking, which became a little bit toxic. Uh, Matthew 25, Jesus gives the parable of the faithful servants, and at the end he goes, well done, good and faithful servant. Notice he didn't say good and successful servant. Good and faithful servant, you will experience the delight of your master who will say to you, enter into the joy of the Lord. Now, servants are successful when they do what they've been told to do by their master. And that's just something that we need, I think, stay close to God to really understand. For someone, it might be... Um, looking after their, their elderly parent at home and, and, and not doing anything flash in society's eyes. Um, to others it might be um, running a successful business, to others it might be doing something else. But at the end of the day, it's not about being successful in the world's eyes, it's being faithful in God's eyes, which I think can be completely different. So um, how do we navigate through that? Um, I just think we've got to get close to God again, again because God will tell us um, as servants, and actually goes further than servants, we are his sons and daughters, what he wants us to do. And, and he's, he's gifted us to do what he's asked us to do. It's not a heavy burden to do that. But I think sometimes we get the world's definition of success mixed up with that um, and, and a little bit distorted. So that was a big, um, big lesson for me to learn. And I'm still working through some of that. You know, sometimes it's great to have head knowledge, um, but it's not quite a heart knowledge yet. And we need to, by faith, grab a hold of that and pray through that. So that's sort of where I'm at at the moment. I think faithfulness is something that doesn't really get encouraged much in society. Like being faithful as a parent, in your marriage, in your job. That's yeah, right. it's an important thing. So good. So coming out of that, my most or the most valuable gift I can give to you guys as our church family this year um, is simply to be close to God, stay close to God, to be reliant on Him, to be healthy in spirit, soul, and body, and to be authentic and have an enthusiastic faith, which is just being constantly or continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the best gift I can give you to remain close to God uh, and to remain reliant upon Him. So that's my promise to you guys this, this year. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.com.